Welcome. Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Hey, welcome back to Baseball Mainly. We're uh, part two of our interview with Mr. Tom Brookins. 1984 world champion Detroit Tiger, third baseman. Uh, Tom. Before we yes. before we get into your managerial career, <laughs> I want I want to talk about your career at a couple other positions. Tell me tell me about pitching in the big leagues. <laughs> hey, the only the only position I I know one thing it's hard to hit. I'll, I'll say that about <laughs> that as he, as they say. But the only position I never played in the major leagues was pitch. You didn't I get never, to you didn't get to clean up a game like some of these guys I, do. I did not. Sparky actually, in when I was in Detroit, Sparky had a rule. Uh, he used to say that we, I'm never going to use a position player uh, to pitch, and I, I don't know if he stuck to that the whole his whole career of managing. But I, I'm pretty sure when he was in the Detro- in Detroit, there was uh, no time when I was there that he put a position player in to pitch because if he did, I'm sure it would have been me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I catching one time. Yeah, I remember you catching. What was that like? Well, that was kind of scary when it all started, but it, it uh, we ran out of catchers. Uh, Lance Parrish was hurt. I think Bobby Melvin was started the game. Marty Castillo went in somewhere during the game, and then Johnny Grubb pinch hit for him in the tenth inning and hit a sacrifice fly to tie the game. And we were playing Texas in Detroit, and uh, we ran off the field and we got in the dugout and. And they had already realized there was no catcher. And uh, I think I heard Sparky and Alex Graham was talking, and they said, who can we send out there that's expendable? And someone <laughs> said, put Brookings in. <laughs> yeah. So it took me about five minutes to get the gear on. I had Lance, Lance Parrish's catcher's gear on, and it was draping on the ground. And, and But uh, – Kenny Kaiser, I don't know if you remember old Kenny Kaiser, sure. was a mate, uh, big league umpire for many years, and I went running back there in the top of the 11th inning, and he said, what are you doing back here? And I said, I'm, I'm now the catcher. He said, really? He said, have you ever caught before? And I said, nope, never caught in my life. He went, oh, I don't feel so good. I oh, said, boy. Kenny, I don't feel too good either. So <laughs> let's just see if we can get through one inning and we'll win this thing. Who'd you catch? We played 15 innings, uh, and we ended up winning the game in the bottom of the 15th inning. So it was a it was a it was a good experience when it was all said and done. Who were the pitchers? You remember? I know you do. Yeah, we yeah. had uh, Rilio Lopez, senior smoke, oh yep. about the first three innings, and he was he was just blowing it in there. And, and I had one problem where I kept putting down signs, and he kept shaking them off. <laughs> So finally, I went out to talk to him, and I said, Lopey, I said, what's what's the deal? He said, oh, he said, uh, Brookie, don't you worry. He said, I'm just shaking you off to confuse the hitter. And I said, okay, Lopey, all you're doing is confusing me. He said, well, I'll tell you what. You put down a bunch of signs, I just throw fastball. And he did that for two innings and threw nothing but fastball, or three innings, I believe. Wow. And, and then Billy Shearer came in. Remember uh, Billy oh, yeah. Shearer, left-handed reliever? Who was, who was on the 84 team. Uh, he was a little bit different because Lopey was just putting it about right where I put the glove. But but Wacko, as I call Billy Shear Wacko, 
I said he was all over the place. He had balls in that left-handed tail. He had balls zinging everywhere. <laughs> but we got through it. I think there was a couple that went to the screen on me, but uh, those two guys pitched uh, were the two pitchers. Did you argue with Kaiser? Any balls on strikes calls? <laughs> nope, nope. I didn't say a word to him. I just was tickled that the ball was going in my glove, and I and I that's all I cared about. Awesome. And I, every time I went into the dugout, I'd say, "Okay, boys." I am not going back out there. So somebody win this thing right now. But uh, it turned out, turned out I think I caught five innings. Wow. But that was it, huh? No more after that? Yeah, I never, uh, never got called into duty after that. So uh, I tried to use that as a raise for me next yeah, year. Yeah, of course. That I was an ultimate utility player. But I don't think Jim Campbell thought much of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's good. Nice try, Tommy. Yeah, it was a good try. It was hey. a good try. Hey Tom, I was at a I was at a tournament in Cooperstown some years ago in the fall, and there was a team down the road in Anianta that was in the playoffs, and we were going to come watch because a guy named Tom Brookins was the manager. However, we didn't realize it was best of three. We thought it'd be like best of five or seven, and we delayed, and it was over. What was it like managing in the little town of Anianta, New York? Well, that was my first stop, you know. When when I got done playing in 1990 was my last year as a player, played with the Cleveland Indians. And I actually got out of pro ball for quite a while. And uh, I think 2005, I decided to get back into the game, and I got hired on as a manager in their short season uh, in, uh, in, in that Oneonta team. But I, I really enjoyed it. I got I, I just loved being back in the game. I like being around these young guys. I got a lot of fresh guys straight out of the draft, and we went up and played a short season in in uh, in the New York Penn League. And uh, and I wasn't sure if I was going to like it or how it was going to work out, but I I enjoyed it, and we we did pretty well. I went back there the next season and managed again in the same town. Then I actually went to Grand Rapids and managed the Whitecaps, uh, I think it was 2007, and we we won the championship that year. We had a really Sweet. nice ball team out there. And I ended up managing a couple years in uh, Erie in the Eastern League, which took me closer to home. But uh, uh, I, got in, I just enjoyed it. I just loved being around the young guys and managing and watching these guys develop, and it was just everything that I enjoyed about the game. Any of those players uh, come up to the majors? Uh, we had some guys that got to the big leagues. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm thinking probably Alex Avila was, when I oh. was in Erie, was, was probably the biggest uh, name guy that came and made it. Made, uh, But, there was, no, yeah, there was quite a few of them that got at least some time in the major leagues of some type. Well, from from well, let's talk about Erie for a minute. I think Major League Baseball is talking about getting rid of that one that one of many yeah. minor leagues are in trouble minor right league now. Teams they're in trouble. Well, that would be a shame. It's a you know, it's a good. It's a you know, you don't just think of Erie as a big baseball town, but uh, but they supported us pretty well, and and uh, you know, anytime a, a team gets let go or let's say let's put it that way to be kind or they get let go because of financial reasons or whatever it's 
it's kind of a blow to the town because there's a lot of people that that enjoy that minor league atmosphere and and quite honestly minor league baseball uh i think in the last 10 years has really been on uh, coming up and, and enjoyable to go to yeah i know when we're on vacation we always see if you know if there's a minor league ball team around we we go check it out if we go to myrtle beach i love going to see the pelicans down there that's an atlanta brave team uh that, that, we had so much fun and of course the toledo mud hens the triple a affiliate of the tigers that park fifth third field is you know second to none it was beautiful to go to those games and i know they used to play in a in a dump basically before that but those were great times too tom did you ever think of uh you know continuing that managerial uh climb maybe getting up to the triple a level uh, I I had the opportunity to get when uh, when I was with the the big league staff uh, after the two years in Erie, then I was going to go back to Erie again next the following season for my third year back straight at Erie, and that's when uh, Leland got a hold of me and and talked to me, and I ended up uh, joining the major league staff as a first base coach. But when I was uh, when Jim retired and they hired uh, Brad Osmus. Of course, some of us were let go, but I was offered to, to go back to the minor leagues and manage, and I kind of didn't really feel like it at that time and decided not to and, and went came back home. And, and quite honestly, I think I've gotten away from it now. I'm, I'm back here. I, I just don't have that drive and desire to what it takes to really do the job, and I guess, and, and, and do it right. Well, I think there's a lot of people here in Detroit, I know, there's a lot of people here in Detroit that would have rather have had you get that managerial job than Brad Ospice. I know quite a number of us would have would well, have appreciated I, I that. I had a short conversation with with Dave Dombrowski when Jim retired, and and they were uh, it was before we left town, uh, and I had uh, just let him know that I know they're going to be looking for a manager, and I'm I'm a if you think I'm a candidate, I'm I'm all I'm all in. And I'd love to be considered. And he just politely said, uh, we, we'll be in touch if we're interested. And, and that was that. That was a hell of a team, that Tiger team that, that Leland left behind. That was a team that was a – It's an uh, let's face it, it was an underachieving team. It should have been so much more. I mean, for sure, should have been so much more. What do you think went wrong? I, I agree with you. We did seem – we played – we just couldn't win in the playoff deal. I think uh, we we ended up going cold. The, the one year in 2012 when we lost to the Giants, that was uh, one of the most disappointing yep. uh, events in my professional career. I'll say that because I think many of us felt that we definitely had the best team, and then we didn't even win a ball game. But, you know, there was a lot of discussion on the layoff at killed our momentum and and i certainly think that's that is a big part of it there's no doubt uh, especially when we fell behind two games to none that kind of snowballed on us there and and that layoff at that time i think did kill our momentum uh, we did, we needed to come out strong and and win one of them first two games and we didn't and it kind of just steamrolled us but but the the following year when we lost to boston uh, it was a big poppy home run that yep. just did us in. I mean, quite honestly, we, Sunday night. we had the we had the first game one, and we and we had the second game one two, and bang, it just happened. And 
And I will say this: we were we were, we knew we we should have won that game, but we were upbeat and we went back saying we're going home to Detroit, uh, and we've been great there all year long. So we're still uh, to take one out of two up here uh, is still not too bad. But uh, you know, we just we just didn't hit again. We didn't play we 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 didn't play bad. It just seemed like our bats really weren't uh, alive in either of those series. That was a hell of a team, that 13 team against Boston. That that team was probably better than the 12 team. I agree. I think uh, I think that team, and I've looked at it, and you and you go down through it, player for player, and and all of that. It's it's it was a it was definitely a year. Those two years, we should have probably won won the championships. And we're not even talking about the 06 team that were steamrolled the Yankees and then steamrolled the Oakland A's. Maglio Ordonez his home run, and then you get a week off, and here comes the Cardinals. You were better than the Cardinals then. That team was, no that doubt. Was a, I was not involved. In I know that, that year, but also, but that being said, they kind of ran into the same scenario when you when you win quick and you set around. Uh, I remember in that 2012, we brought guys in. We brought minor league guys up from Lakeland, Florida, and we tried to play simulated games, and we tried to do everything you could possibly do to stay sharp, but somehow it didn't play out. So it's just uh, you just look at it and say, I don't know what else we could have done, but it, it didn't happen. Well, I want to I ask you, Tom, going back to coaching, when you were a first-base coach, what does a first-base coach do besides – uh, whisper in the runner's ear when he gets down there, tell him, nice job, uh, grab his uh, shin guard, whatever it is. What else do you do at first base? Well, that, quite honestly, <laughs> you don't do a lot. Your your main goal is just to remind a guy uh, of of those types of things. You know, say how many outs there are, make sure you check your coach, and, and maybe you're just, reminding him the guy in right field's got a great arm if you go to third you better know you got a good jump and things like that or you know it's two outs if you get a base hit to the outfield you you, you got to make sure you go to third standing up you don't want to get thrown out there and uh, and you and also one of your most important things is kind of remind the guy uh, not that we stole a lot under uh, under Jim but you remind him this guy has a really good move. You know, you got to, you know, be be aware that he's got a quick pickoff. Or, and you re- relay times for guys that uh, right. that are steel steel oriented guys. You're always timing the pitcher to the plate. You're reminding the guy maybe of how quick he is, and and sometimes that's a little overrated. I think uh, good base dealers are just good base dealers and and does the time enter into it yes it does but those are things that it were my responsibility that I was to make the guys aware uh, I was also the base running coach so I worked with with some of those guys uh, also in that capacity and you just remind them of the of the, the the things that are obvious but then you're giving them times would you have rather worked third base? I went over to third one uh, for my last year, and and that's a little bit different ball game yep. over there. There's certainly a lot more uh, more things going on. Deciding when you send a guy and when you don't, <laughs> you always seem to make the wrong decision at the wrong time. But uh, <sighs> yeah, it is. It's a, it's a whole different ball game over there because you're getting signs from Jim 
on the bench and relaying them to the first and the hitter. So there's a lot more stuff of that coupled with, uh, you know, when do you send a guy, when do you hold him? Because you can you can get yourself hung out to dry, and which happened to me a few times, but that, that goes with the territory. I know Tiger fans, baseball fans in general, if you're following your team, that's one of the guys you know who's at third base. You know Dave Clark, and you know Gene Lamont before him, and we're cursing him out just as much as we're cursing you guys out. Right. It, it's, a, it's a tough one sometimes, you know, and I'll, I'll be the first one to admit it that I thought, you know, being a player and all that, that it was, wouldn't be that tough, but it, it does. You get into a situation where you send somebody and he's out and you lose the game by a run or on it you're you're going home thinking man i cost us this ball game and and it happened i mean it happens well it's a no-win situation isn't it right if the guy is safe at home if he's safe at home it's you get no credit if he's if he's out at the plate you're an idiot yes that kind of turns it turns in to be that way sometimes. Yes, it does. I wonder I if he's stuck at third, stuck on that island at third as well. Why didn't he send well, him? There's I no was, outs. I, I was very aggressive when two out. I, I rarely huh. did I really hold somebody up with two out if I thought they had any chance at all, unless maybe Miggy was coming up. Then yeah. I, I might I might hold him up then. Are you guys? Uh, at third base and in first base, are you trying to look in at the catcher, trying to steal a sign here and there? And I bring you up to the Houston Astros scandal. I wanted to ask you about what you thought of uh, them, them stealing signs the way they did. Well, I think it, you know, first of all, uh, I think they stepped over the line in the integrity of the game. And I think that's the big thing. Do we, did we try and steal signs? Sure. We all tried to steal signs, but you did it in the fashion of the game of trying to peek in at the catcher or you tried to, a lot of times you, you'd hone in on uh, the third base coach on the other team and maybe pick something up that way. But uh, what they were doing was wrong. It was wrong. And, uh, yeah. and they, they stepped over the line of integrity of the game. And that's why I felt they should have been punished. Right. And this is the, I mean, the COVID-19 that hit, they really got away I mean, who's even thinking of the Astros now, right? I mean, they got away with it, basically. Well, it it, it does. Uh, they have uh, they'll be swept under the carpet yeah. a little bit because of all the different things, and and I don't know how much good it does to beat the drum about them. I mean, they did it. Uh, they've been dealt with, and move on. I guess that's the way I feel about it. Well, you're right. You're right. There are bigger and better things, bigger and badder things out there than this. But it kind of puts it in all perspective, uh, what we're going through now and what they did during baseball. Although I'm still pissed as a Yankee fan. I still see Altuve running around the bases, and he's telling them, don't touch my jersey, don't touch my jersey. That still <laughs> sticks in my head, and that I really that pissed me off big time. i got to be honest. Well, I'll be honest, it should. You know, and yeah. if, if you feel, I mean, you feel the way you do, that's the way you feel. That's, hey, it's your, it's your right to feel that way. I know, but you're absolutely right. It's, uh, I don't want to be a baby about it. <laughs> hey, Tom, there was, there was some more coaching you did after uh, your time here in Detroit. Uh, Jim Leland called you to come and coach with him in the uh, World Baseball Classic, didn't he? He did. And uh, I had a, a wonderful time. I mean, he called me out of the blue, although I, I stay in touch with, with Jim. We talk 
at least once a week ever since I've been out of the game or out of with, you know, so we talk a lot. And then he called me and said, Hey, uh, I'm going to do, I knew he was going to do the, the world baseball classic for the USA. And then he called me and said, would I be interested in that? Man, I, I said, sure. I said, I'd love to try do, do it. And, uh, he said, I'll get back to you. I'm not sure who they're going to hire yet, but he called me back then and a couple of days later and said, hey, you're in. Are you? But it, it was one of the most wonderful and enjoyable things I've ever done in Major League Baseball. We, of course, went and helped. You know, we were on the ropes at times. I mean, it was we were on the brink of elimination uh, a time or two, and then to come back and win it all. And I can't really say anything any enough about the players to be honest with you that each and every one of those guys that that came and participated uh they were just there to help out and anything i can do if i if i play great if i don't play that's okay you got you you do what you got to do and i'm here to help the team win and that was the the overall concept of the whole all the players on the team it was and we had a good team (laughs) we had a good team well yes I, I just recall Adam Jones having a great series, just a great series. He did. He made a tremendous catch in center field in the one game going up over the fence. And and actually it was Machado, I believe he yep. walked of a home run, his teammate, that when they were, they were both teammates. But it was exciting. I mean, it was nerve-wracking. I mean, we were the USA team, and they had not won, and we were – High expectations, and and we went to Miami right right out the gate to play, and we were on the verge of elimination right there in the first round, and luckily we we got through it. We did. We moved on, and uh, we ended up losing two games in that in the in the whole scenario. But we come back and won uh, when we had to, and then won uh, beat Puerto Rico in the championship. But it it was it was nerve wracking because we knew. I know what was on the line. The USA was was expected to win or hoping to win, and uh, and you felt a little pressure from it. That's great. That's I, a, I love that that whole series. I mean, I really look forward to it. I have my USA jersey at home as as well. I mean, I wear it proud still. Uh, that's a great thing. It's like an it's like the Olympics. It's really fun to to get away from baseball a little bit, the real grind of that 162 game season, and see that. It's just it was really fun for me, and I love the way. Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic, they get behind their teams so much. It's really, that's true love that they have for those teams. They do. I, I can remember playing in Miami in that, like I said, in that first round, and we played a game against the Dominican, and uh, we were in their, their new stadium down there. I don't know what it holds, 40-some thousand maybe. But I can tell you there was probably about 5,000 USA fans <laughs> and about 40,000 Dominican fans. Yep. And, and they came back and beat us in that game. And it was, uh, it was exciting. I, sure it was. It was one of the, one of the most uh, loud and, and exciting atmospheres that I'd ever witnessed, even though we were on the wrong end yep. of it. The players themselves, Tommy, really take pride in playing for their home their home teams. I mean, it, you could see it, and it's that's what makes you really love sports. I, I agree. They they do, and and uh, and Adam Jones was a. You brought his name up, and he was a, a spearhead guy yep. of of that for our USA team. And I think some of it came from he had been on the, maybe the team before that lost, so he had a 
grudge to carry, I believe. <laughs> but uh, no, they did. They were all there and they were all in. They were in to win, and and you just hope no one gets hurt. That's the biggest uh, right. drawback of that thing. I mean, when I was when I was with Leland in the coaching staff, and they had uh, when we were in Detroit coaching in the staff of the Tigers, uh, when they had these you or these world games, we we didn't like them because they were taking Maggie and they were taking all of these guys, and we're thinking. I'm not sure they're ready to play yet, and we could run the risk of them getting hurt. So it was not a big favorite with uh, with some of the USA staff and stuff like that, I guess, or the, the Detroit or professional staff. But once we got into managing for the USA itself, then it became a new look outlook on it. Hey Tom, we are just we're running out of time. It's been a thrill having Tom Brookins on with us today. Can't thank you enough. Uh, uh, really appreciate you spending all this time. Uh, just really enjoyed it, Tom. Thanks, thank Tom. you very much. Thank you. Hey, for thank uh, you. for Tom Mazaway, this is Jess Monticello and Baseball Mainly saying, let's play two.